So why don't you just give us a little update, Brian? Brian is also a pastor, and so he knows what Wednesday night church is like, and so we, we just are thankful that you're here tonight. God bless you, you, sir. So I'm going to let you just go ahead and share whatever's on your heart, then we'll get into the Word after that. I, uh, is this on? Can you hear me? Yep, it should be on. I did not come in tonight with the intention of Uh-oh. speaking. Up, up, Something's down. Something's right. Is this better? Not really. Let me give you... I can probably reach the back of the room without a microphone. Can you guys hear me back there? <laughs> I'll give you a good mic. I think this one should work just fine. Sorry about that. Well, it wasn't my intention to come in and say anything this evening. I was out traveling around doing my job and uh, realized I could not make it back to Des Moines for men's Bible study tonight and thought, now, where can I make it in time? And I knew I would be warmly welcomed here. My intention was to just sneak in the back and have a seat and uh, maybe wave at Pastor while he was talking. But when you're 6'3", it's hard to sneak in too many places. So appreciate the opportunity to say hello on behalf of the the Cruz campaign and uh, Senator Cruz in particular and to uh, share just a couple of words. And it's hard to follow the prayer service (laughs) that just happened. I got to tell you, I have had times in my life where I have been the person just broken. Um, For whatever reason, things happen in our lives, and uh, there there are points where we can't do anything other than to just cry out to God. And so it's very encouraging to be in a congregation where you come around each other like that. Um, You may not be aware, being a part of this church, but it's not always the case that a church will stop and pray uh, right on the spot. Um, A lot of times we pass each other as believers and we say, I'll pray for you, or how can I pray for you? And, And when we share those concerns, we say, well, I'll, I'll, pray, I'll pray about that instead of stopping right there and then and praying. And so that was really encouraging uh, as somebody visiting to see your congregation come around each other like that. So um, uh, like I said, I didn't, I didn't stop tonight to, to give a message, uh, but as long as I've got the opportunity to, to share just something briefly, as Pastor mentioned, um, my background is pastoral ministry. And my wife and I became convinced about 10 years ago that God was calling me into the arena of public policy and politics and have worn several hats along the way. Uh, I think part of the way you and I probably met the first time was when I was actually working for the Family Policy Center. Uh, We moved down to Des Moines about seven years ago to do that. And um, it has been uh, an up and down sort of a ride like many uh, uh, ministries uh, we have had some joys and we've had some hard times, and through it all, God has been very faithful. I was telling Pastor just before we walked out here that one of the things that is challenging in campaign work is being on the road so much and uh, being away from family at times. And so as the Lord leads, I would invite you to, uh, to pray for the senator because he is traveling a lot, for his wife Heidi, for their two daughters, for myself and my family as well. I have three sons, and fortunately they're old enough now that uh, periodically I toss them in the truck with me and they come along and, and, and work with me. But um, that, that would be my, my request, uh, to just say hello, thanks for the opportunity, and, and as the Lord leads, do lift up um, not, not just the senator, but all of the folks that are stepping up to run for president. It, it is an amazing task, and to be willing to step into that arena takes a certain level of commitment that most of us are probably not uh, not going to ever come up with in our lifetimes, but we have several that have said, I'm willing and, and are going through the process of being vetted. Uh, I, I obviously have 
have made a choice in that particular uh, race, but that, that is not to say that any of the rest of them are any less worthy of our prayers and our support as far as their time commitment and, and their uh, commitment to the country. So uh, let's just pray that uh, on Inauguration Day in 2017, uh, we're, we're praising God for a, a turning point and that hopefully yet in the next several years we'll start to see a repentance because just like Pastor said, um, the grace is there for us as a nation, but we can't continue down the path that we've been going and expect for God to bless. And so that's uh, right. let's, let's hope that, that we're at a point now where we can yeah. turn back to him as a nation as well. So Amen. thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much, that. Brian. Let's give him a big hand. Thank you, sir. Bless you. Just knowing Brian being chosen is, is another reason why I like the cruises because I like Brian so much. He's a man of God. And, you know, I found it very interesting that they weren't about choosing professional, uh, what do you call a guy that runs campaigns, uh, but not the professional elites, the Northeastern establishment, D.C., inside the Beltway crowd, whatever you want to call them, but pastors and common people. Uh, to run their campaign. I think that, that says a lot right there. And I'm not, I'm not here trying to push a candidate tonight either, but I'm just saying I'm very thankful for that. So I want to go ahead. Let, let's uh, prepare our heart to receive the offering tonight. The Bible says uh, in Malachi to bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There'll not be enough room to receive it. You know, we take up the tithe and... The tithe is a powerful thing. It rebukes the devourer from our life. It opens the windows of heaven in our life. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 3.10, to honor the Lord with all the first fruits of all thine increase, that thy barns will be filled with plenty and thy vats will overflow with new wine. We go back into the Old Testament, we see that Abraham uh, went, and talking about rebuking the devourer, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was attacked by five kings and they were overtaken. They had to, Romans 13 ministers are under attack right now. Our civil servants. 90% increase from 2013 to 2014, the murders of police officers. 90% increase in one year. That's a big increase, folks. The next target that the devil probably is going to take if we get homosexual marriage, they'll come knocking on our doors and say, you got to marry us. I see them having peaceful riots outside churches. And then I see it getting escalated, and I see them coming in and brawls breaking out. I see it shooting not only the Romans 13 ministers, but probably the Ephesians 5 ministers of God. I could see that progression happening if we don't get up and do something and start praying. Can I get an amen tonight? We need to be moving forward on these things. So SMTI banquet coming up. And if you've not already signed up, you need to do it. Can they still do that? That was closed Sunday. That was Okay, that was when they, we closed that out. How many men will help set up tables and, and do about these things? Take about five minutes. One, two, three, four, five, okay, six, seven. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We also have ushers meeting coming up the 14th and youth to nursery, nursing home. We're doing that on the 14th next month. So some good things coming up. All right, enough on that. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's bow our head. Let's, let's ask God to bless his word tonight. 
and we're going to get into some teaching tonight. Father, I just thank you, Lord, as we come tonight, I ask that you give me clarity of mind, articulation of speech, boldness of spirit. Father, to speak as an oracle on your behalf, stewarding the word. Father, and we just thank you that as we come tonight, each one here will also have ears to hear, hearts to receive, and a will to be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving themselves. But Father, that we be transformed and renewed in our mind. We be changed and uh, come into that place of going from glory to glory and from faith to faith because your word changes us. Father, it's forever established in heaven and it establishes us that we're fixed and we're not movable and that we're established. Father, and we thank you that the word changes us and Father conforms us to your image. And we ask your blessing tonight by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, some things that I I really feel are uh, relevant today. And go ahead and turn your Bibles. We're going to go over there to Ephesians, that fifth chapter. We're going to look at some things. I'm going to come down here, and we're going to look at some things tonight. And I'm going to read out of the 26 translations a little bit, some different translations, and, uh, and I'll make mention of those. But Ephesians 5.16, we all know that Paul says, Be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Know what the will of the Lord is. And then he talks about, for the, and redeem the time, for the days are evil. And we know that uh, the days are evil. I mean, ISIS is cutting off Christians' heads. How many of you know it probably doesn't get a whole lot more evil than that? Yeah. Our government is allowing all kinds of things that take place right now. Our federal government, there's uh, an anti-Christian spirit on the march today. It's on the move. It's doing things. Um, we, we can't even, we don't have time to talk about it all. Bill O'Reilly and Dennis Miller stand up, and O'Reilly says, well, what is, what's, what's going on with the, uh, for the Christians in America, Christianity in America? He says, yeah, I think the Christians better look out because I believe the Christians are going to be flattened. Remember we showed that clip? And he says, I'm going to you know, invest in some catacomb real estate. <laughs> Funny, you know, he's referring to the Roman Empire. And that's going underground, and he says, no, I think the Christians better shut up and be quiet and lay low because otherwise they're going to be flattened because we've made the government our God. It's no longer Jehovah Jireh. It's Jehovah federal government. It's Jehovah welfare check. It's Jehovah Medicare, uh, Obamacare, whatever you want to call it. It's Jehovah, all these things. You can take the, same redempt- the seven redemptive names of God and you can see how people today no longer look to God for those seven elements of redemption, but they look to their government instead. It's idolatry. It's wrong. It's, it's wicked and evil times that we live in. And the Bible says that we can redeem the time for the days are evil. One translator says that this, the 20th century New Testament translation says, making the most of every opportunity for these are evil days. Did you know there are spe- just very special opportunities when the days are evil that sometimes aren't there when the days are good to win the lost? Because we're all about winning the loss, and that's what we're here for. Uh, The Alfred translation says, buying up the opportunities. There are opportunities, even in evil times. God wants us to take uh, control of these things, because I believe in difficult times. I believe in difficult times people come to themselves as prodigals. I believe in difficult times that there comes a sorrow that that leads people to repentance. How many of you believe that? How many of you see sorrowful people all around us right now? It's a great time to preach the gospel. It's a great time to go to people and look for opportunities like it says in Colossians 4.3. Colossians 4.3, and I'm looking at 26 translations, it says, God 
Paul prayed that God would open the door for the word or for the door of utterance. King James has opened to us a door of utterance that we might be able to preach to every man as we ought to preach, seasoned with salt. And it says, you know, that we know how to pray, to preach and speak to every man as we ought to speak. You know, there's two different ways that we speak to people primarily. Jude says this, it says some by fear and some, you know, pulling them out of the fire, some by fear and some by compassion, hating even the stain the sinfulness of this world. And so there's two different ways that people come to Christ. One is by fear and the other is by compassion. One is a sorrow that leads to repentance, that's fear. Compassion is another one that they know the goodness of God leads to repentance in Romans. In Corinthians, it says that sorrow leads to repentance. In Romans, it says that, you know, uh, the goodness of God leads to repentance. Well, which one is it, Pastor Bill? Well, it says in Jude, it's both. It says some by fear and some by uh, compassion. So we know that there's different ways and there's different opportunities. And right now there's an opportunity where I believe there's a lot of people who have a lot of fear and there's a lot of things that are happening. And we can pray for the door of utterance to be open. In 1 Corinthians 16, 8, 9, a door opened for Paul in Ephesus. We know that Paul says that, that he had a door of utterance that opened to him. And what is the door of utterance? I believe it's the opportunity to go share the gospel with people that just open up unto us. You know, Paul was going to go to Cilicia, he was going to go to Bithynia, he was going to go to numerous different places in Asia. <clears throat> and God forbid him to go in the 16th chapter of Acts. And then he had a dream of a man in Macedonia saying, come over here, come over here. That's a door of utterance. God's opening a door of utterance. In, in the book of Revelation, uh, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. And the door of utterance is not only an opportunity to minister the gospel to somebody, but it's the opportunity of an open heart that Jesus talked about that I stand at the door and I knock at the door of man's heart. There is a knocking going on, and that door has to be opened by the person for uh, Jesus to come in with him and to sup with him and to fellowship with him and to be able to receive that. So we pray for doors of utterance, opportunities in people's heart to be open. So I believe that you know we need to know how to pray for each man, and Paul prayed for that, and he went to Ephesus, and you can go over there in Acts, the 20th chapter, and you begin to see that Paul says that, uh, you know, he preached publicly, he preached house to house, he was saying goodbye to the elders of Ephesus, he knew it was going to be his last time, and he says, I have preached unto you the whole counsel of God, and I am free from the blood of all men. He says, I preached house to house, I preached in the public arena, I preached privately, I preached behind closed doors, I preached out in the open arena, and I, I did all these things, I preached every way I knew how, and I preached everywhere I knew how, and I preached everything that I knew. In other words, he exhausted himself. He gave his all to win souls and to bring people to Christ. And the Bible says that he's free from the blood of all men, according to alluding to Ezekiel, the third chapter. It says if we know someone and we don't go to him, that we're going to be held responsible for their blood. So, you know, we, we need to be like Paul. We need to be looking for those doors of utterance to open. And those are opportunities. And, you know, it says the days are evil. And make the most of every opportunity. Buying up the opportunities. Did you know there's opportunities that you probably walk by every day of people that need to be saved? How many of you walked by? I, I drove by and I wish I'd have been walking down the street. Today, today, I was driving down on 92. What, what is it first? What's our A Avenue? And there was a girl walking down the street, bawling her head off. And it, I was so saddened by that. Of course, I was in the car. I was going by. She was a young girl, and I, and, and I, I just wondered, well, has somebody hurt her? What? 
what is, what is going on with her? And, and I thought, that, that's an opportunity. That, you know, that maybe if I would have been, you know, not, not having to be someplace and not in my car, that I might be able to ask her, what's wrong? How many of those people that you're working with, there's opportunities? How many know of your own family, there's, there's opportunities? There's opportunities all around us. We need to be buying up the opportunities. We need to be redeeming the time. For the days are evil and the time is short. And I believe that those opportunities are all around us. And I believe that God gives us those opportunities. And uh, I believe that God gives opportunities from time to time and can affect large numbers of people for change, for turnaround, for salvation. And the key uh, is many times we don't recognize it. So, you know, it says, be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit, knowing what the will of the Lord is. How many of you know that being filled with the Holy Spirit is the key to knowing what the will of the Lord is? See, in Luke 4, 1, it says Jesus was filled by the Spirit. First time it says that about him. Because right there, you know, Luke 3.22, it says the Spirit came upon him as a, as a dove, descended upon him. It says Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into and through the wilderness. So the first time it talks about him being filled is the first time it talks about him being led. It says be filled with the Spirit and know what the will of the Lord is. And when you know what the will of the Lord is, you can find those opportunities and the doors of utterance can begin to open unto you. Let me give you a great opportunity that I see. I want to give you four of them tonight. Turn with me to 1 Samuel, 17th chapter. We all know the story. And I'm not going to belabor any of this, but I'm, I'm going to have to go kind of quickly to hit all these great Bible stories. But we know 1 Samuel 17. We all know that's the story of David and Goliath. And we know that that story starts out with a fearful Saul standing there, and a fearful army. You know, the people will take on the nature of the leader many times. And King Saul and the men of Israel were standing there, and it says they were dismayed and they were afraid of Goliath as he came out and he called them uh, to battle and said, you know, you come out, let's bring, bring, bring me your best, you know, hit me with your best shot, bring out your biggest dude, send out the guy that you think can take me on, and and we'll have this fight, and when it's all done, if I win, you all are going to bow to me, and if your guy wins, we're all going to bow to your guy and to you guys, and we're going to submit ourselves to you. Well, I don't think they would have done it anyway, but uh, that was the proposal, and we see that uh, Daniel comes along, excuse me, David comes along, and he's saying, what's wrong with all you cowards? He says, is there not a cause? Do you not know that we serve a great God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? How dare he talk to us like that? Who, 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 why isn't somebody volunteering here? Why isn't somebody running out there and taking that dude's head off? What's going on here? I'm just, you know, I'm improvised. This is the Pastor Bill paraphrase version. And, and we know that he's upset. He's like, he can't believe that they, what a bunch of cowards they are. And he says, well, I'll go do it. Oh, and by the way, what's the reward? <laughs> and, and I think his motives are all good. And, and, and he goes and uh, he says, well, I'm going to go to Saul. I'm going to go, you know, talk to him. He's, he's the head honcho around here. And he goes and he says, you know, I, I'm going to go fight this guy. He says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take him on. He says, no, you're just a boy. You know, I'm, I'm afraid of him. And I'm, 
head and shoulders above everybody else here. But he's head and shoulders above me. And I'm the tall guy. I'm the big guy in charge here. And, and you're just a little boy, and you're wanting to do this. Are you crazy? He says, you know what? I killed a lion and a bear. Can you imagine Saul Thaumann, this little kid, standing there saying, I've killed lions and bears. You know, how many of you ever encountered a bear or a lion? You know, the first time I went to the Tulsa Zoo and I heard a lion roar, I almost had to make a quick trip to the restroom. It scared me so bad. I mean, that thing was so loud. I felt that thing, I felt that thing go through me almost. It was, I, I was terrified. I thought, my gosh, I never heard a lion roar. I didn't know they, they that's terrifying. Here's this little boy's killed a lion and a bear, and he says, oh, really? He says, yeah. He says, and I, I can kill a lion and a bear, I can kill this dude. I mean, they weigh more than him. And we all know the story, and, and Saul says, well, here, put on my armor, and, and he says, no, no. He says, that's not going to work. I can't, I can't do my thing. I can't throw my, I can't use my rocket launcher with this thing, man. I can't throw my curveball or nothing, knuckleball, this guy, or nothing. He says, now take those things back. I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to use that. And he gets up, and let me tell you something. How many of you know all eyes are upon him? See, a door of opportunity was beginning to open. Turn, let's go there real quick. Let's go over there to uh, <clears throat> the text. And, and we're going to, and I want to just, uh, let me think. Let's go to, it's 1 Samuel 17. Let's go to verse, let's jump clear up to verse uh, around 44. And I believe this. The door of utterance began to open, and he began to seize the opportunities. How many of you know the days were evil when your king is afraid of the bad guy? How many of you know redeem the time or buy up the opportunities for the days are evil? Here's David. He's buying up the opportunity. The day is very evil. His, his, God's people are being mocked. They're afraid that they're going to die. They're all a bunch of cowards. They're having to depend upon a little kid to lead them. Uh, it's an evil day in Israel. It, it's not a good day. And David gets up, and he gets an opportunity to say some things. I love what he says. Okay. Where did I say to go to? First Samuel. Did... I turned to the wrong place. First Samuel. And look what he says. It's verse 44. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. You know, I'm sure that didn't bless him too much. You know, only edifying words, the Bible says. And then David, then said David to the Philistine in front of everybody, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear. And with a shield, and, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Right there, he changed the whole tone of everything that was going on in that army. He says, let's get one thing perfectly straight. I don't come in my own strength, and I come to you in the name of the Lord. I like that. A door of utterance is beginning to open. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. He's just going to get everything defined here the way it ought to be defined. He's, he's going to delineate who the bad guy is, and who the good folks are, and what's going to happen next. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass, your carcass of the, of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, 
and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That sounds like a preacher to me. That sounds like a door of utterance. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And I love verse 48, and it came to pass. Glory, glory. And we know the rest of the story. David gets his bag, he takes out his rocks, he takes his sling, he fires that thing, hits this ugly guy in the face, knocks him on his butt, he pulls out his sword, he cuts off his head, and the whole of all the Israeli army goes nuts, and they start chasing the Philistines. How many of you would say that was redeeming the time for the day, that was buying up an opportunity like no opportunity ever before? There will be strategic times in your life where bad things can be turned to good by faith, and somebody's going to ask you, how did you do that? See, God wants us to have opportunities for the door of utterance. So those, those boys, their hearts were fearful and terrified. And when he was saying that the Lord is going to be on our side today, the Lord is going to take this guy out. And, I, and I'm telling you that there is still a God in Israel. They heard that, but when that rock hit his head and he cut his head off, they really heard it then. I mean, you know, you can hear it up here, but then... When you see something like that, now you hear it down here. And we know that because they were emboldened, because faith is revealed by action. And those guys put their feet to action because faith comes by hearing, and they just heard the word of God. And then they just saw the word of God in action, and they said, we're going you know, to take these guys on, and we're going to win. How many of you know that is an awesome example where the door of utterance opened and the opportunity was bought? I believe that. And I believe that God wants to do the same in our lives. That's, an, that's one opportunity. See, and, and I think that, you know, Saul was, he kind of liked it, but I think he kind of didn't like it when that happened. So later on, you know, the women are running around dancing and singing, you know, Saul killed his thousands, but, you know, David, he's killed ten thousands. See, do you think Saul's fearful army would have ever followed him? Because there was not a right heart, and there was not a, a right, uh, there wasn't an opportunity. Okay, let me, let me go on to another one. Um, I'm trying to skip some things here. I'm, I might, well, let's go to 1 Kings 18. I'm, I'm going to go on, and we're going to hit another one, and it's the prophets of Baal. Here's another great opportunity where a preacher gets to preach because of a door of utterance that was opened up. I love this story. We, we all know this story pretty well. It's a neat story. 1 Kings 18. And the days were pretty evil. 17 and 19. Let's go there. 1 Kings 18, 17 and 19. We know Elijah and the prophets of Baal. We all know the story, but I just want to pull out some principles tonight for us to understand that there are strategic days when it's troubled times, it's difficult times. All of Israel is worshiping false gods. The prophets of Baal are flourishing. That's like Brandon House says, paganism in America is doubling every 18 months. How many of you know the prophets of Baal are back and they're flourishing? 
Just like then. The days were evil. The days were dark. The days were demonic. And they were, uh, things weren't the way they were supposed to be. A lot like today. And it came to pass, verse 17, when Ahab saw Elijah and Ahab said unto him, Art uh, thou he that troubleth Israel? You know, we're, we're called the troublemakers. The Christians are the troublemakers today, right? Well, he says that straight, and he answered, and he says, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that thou hast forsaken the commandments of the Lord. There's nothing new under the sun. We're not troubling America with, you know, the Tea Party. We're not troubling America with our strong stance. We're not troubling America. They're, they're troubling America. And that you have forsaken the commandment of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Woo! Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. And so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel. You know, you got that many false prophets. It's, it's a bad day. Unto all the children of Israel, and they gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people, and he said, How long wilt thou halt between two opinions? Uh, he's starting to preach already. He says, let's have this showdown. And he says, how long will you halt between these two opinions? And the Lord God, if he be God, follow him. And if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. You know, it's just like when you ask for a volunteer, it just goes silent. You do an altar call and it just goes silent. It says, they, not a word. He says, you know, if, God, if Baal be God, go ahead and follow him. But if the Lord be God, you better follow him. Now, which is it, guys? And they're all... Like a calf looking at a new gate, you know. We don't know what to say. Because they all knew that they'd been naughty and, you know. God knows who's been naughty and nice. And he's marked it down and he's checking it twice. So, he says, then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore, and we know the story, he says, you, we're going to have at the, the time of the sacrifice, we're going to have all the Baal prophets go out and, and get their, you know, their sacrifice and get all their stuff ready and get ready. And the God that answers by fire is the true God. And, and, and so they got up and they you know, had all uh, their guys get ready and they brought their sacrifice and, and they did all their deal and their dancing and, and their cutting of themselves and and Elijah starts to mock him and says, he must be, you know, using the bathroom or maybe he went on a trip. I don't know what, he must have forgot about you guys. Where's your God? Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. He says, now let me show you how it's done, guys. And he challenges the people, you know, he's challenged the people to repent. And he proposes this showdown between God and the prophets of Baal. And the prophets of Baal fail miserably. And he says, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to make the standard of time. I'm going to cover this thing with water. I'm going to dig a trench. I'm, I, if, if he's going to answer by fire, I'm going to completely make it so in the natural this could never happen. I'm going to soak this thing. I'm going to drench this thing. I'm going to put water, a little water moat around this thing. I'm going to make it so it's almost impossible. And he seizes an opportunity. I mean, he almost, he almost goes into a showmanship mode. I mean, he, he's really animating this thing. He's really getting their attention because you know what? He knows he has everybody's attention. How many of you know David knew he had everybody's attention that day? I mean, you got Goliath standing there. You got all of Israel over here. You got all those Philistine heathens over here. And you got a little boy walking out with a slingshot. Let me tell you something. I'll bet you could have heard a pin drop. I'll bet in this situation, 
you could have heard a pin drop. It's one thing, you know, these guys have been cutting themselves. These guys have been praying. These guys have been doing all kinds of crazy things trying to get their God to answer. And then they're thinking, well, you know, no fire. I sure hope our, I hope our God shows up with fire. What are you doing putting water on it? My gosh, Elijah, what are you doing? Why, do you, why are you trying to make it more difficult? Why, why are you making it so it's almost impossible? How many of you know that he had everybody's attention? The door of utterance was beginning to open. And he was calling them to repentance. And God answers by fire and devours that thing. Wow. And look how he's, he, what he says. And the water ran round about the altar, and it filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord and that thou hast turned their heart back again. There's that repentance. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the Lord. You know, it's amazing how the first time when they were asked who the Lord is, they were silent. But boy, they're talking. You know, they, they were saying, yeah, he's the Lord. Yep, yep. They were very quick. The door of utterance opened and he bought up the opportunity. He went, he, he went in for the kill. He went in for the juggler. I mean, he went after him, and God moved, and there was, there was no doubt. And all the people saw it, and they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. He is the dude. He is the man. You know, I'm like looking at that, and I'm thinking, wow. Then he says, now take out these prophets of Baal and go kill them all. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't want to ever kill anybody, but, you know, I'd like to see some things removed right now. How about you? Yeah. I'd like to see some wicked stuff taken out. You know, the days are evil. We need to buy up that. We, we need to be constantly looking for when that person at work asks a question. Or if they make fun of a Christian. You know, I, when somebody makes fun of a Christian, perfect opportunity to witness. I don't like that Ted Cruz guy. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was on a plane with a guy that said that to me. He says, well, you know, I really like him. And by the time, an hour later in that conversation, we had talked about the Lord, and I had shared things, the gospel and all kinds of things. How many of you know, it doesn't take much to open the door of utterance up. You, you can be, it can be, a, the days are evil. You know, the conversation was kind of evil when he said, I don't like Ted Cruz. I mean, for me it was, anyway. And, and, and you know, it may not be that, the, the perfect situation, but it sure can be an open door for certain things to be talked about. And, and things can be questioned. Now, that's Old Testament. And uh, I want to go on to a couple of examples of the New Testament. We don't want to take too much time here. But in Acts 2, 1 through 11, it was the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out. We all know. And uh, great things. And they, they all came out. And they were speaking in tongues. And the door of utterance was open. And people are saying, it says that they were, you know, speaking the mighty works of God. And, 
and, it, and there were those who mocked and said, these men, uh, are they drunk? It's only the ninth hour of the day. And some mocked and, and some were amused. And, and one guy finally says, says, what does this mean anyway? What meaneth this? It says in the King James. And of course, Peter was quick because he knew his Bible. And he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, who said in the last days, he'll pour his spirit out on all flesh. And then he ended up by saying, and whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. They asked a few more questions, and they came, and they, and they asked some more questions. And he preached a sermon. He preached an entire sermon. Amen. How many of you know when they're mocking you, and they're saying, what does this mean? A lot of people just get real quiet. I don't know what it means. How many of you know when the days are evil, there's many doors of utterance that can be opened? Because a lot of times what seems like evil is just people's inquiry, and they're not being real nice about it. They said, what meaneth this? Well, man, be ready to give an answer for the reason why you believe. Can I get an amen? When somebody says, what meaneth this? I say, well, sit down because you're going to be here for a couple hours. I'll tell you what it means. And we'll, we'll get that stupid little, you know, heathen head of yours filled with some truth. I don't ever, I wouldn't say that to anybody. What mean is this? You know, mocking them, making fun of them. Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. It means that uh, these are the days that Joel spoke about. This is the day that God's church is being formed. This is a whole bunch of things. And this is the day that, you know, if we repent and be baptized, every one of you, you can be saved. Be saved by being repentant and getting baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the promise of the Father can come upon your life. Acts, you know, 3, what is that, 28? And he tells them, and he preaches to them. And 3,000 people get saved. That's just the men. Average Jewish family also, there was a wife and four kids involved. So take 3,000 times four more. You got about 12,000 people probably coming to the Lord, because it usually was a you and your house thing. And so, in other words, it was amazing what happened. Amazing. And he wasn't afraid to get up and have the door of utterance when the days are evil. Buy up the opportunity when somebody asks a question. Buy up an opportunity when you have this divine object lesson like David had, this divine object lesson like Elijah had. Buy up the opportunity when the days are evil and begin to speak because the door of utterance, God allows us to get into strange situations and really there are doors of utterance opening up in our life. You know, you, you, get put, you get put next, you know, at work on the line, you get put next to an atheist. Well, right then, I know for sure God wants me to open my mouth, my big mouth. Come on, Come on somebody. And be ready to always give an answer to every man that asketh you, that asketh you, everybody say, that asketh you, for the reason of the hope that lies within you, that is in you. We need to be ready to do that at all times. And, and I believe that God has all kinds of opportunities. Let's go one more, then we're, we're done for the night. Acts, the third chapter, verses 1 through 8. Let's just go there. And this is another New Testament example of uh, buying up the opportunities in the evil time, believing that the door of utterance will open for us. You know, if we don't pray for the door of utterance, and see, Paul says that in the context, you need to pray for doors of utterance to open. He said, and pray for me that I'd have, he, he talks about praying for me that he, he would have boldness. He talks about open. 
pray that God would open the doors of utterance. He talks about praying that we speak to every man as we ought to speak. He talks about praying for us to be seasoned with salt. You know, that's what's wrong. Uh, today, you know, it says that the salt loots, it loses its savor that you'll be trampled on. Well, the salt has lost its savor. We're not getting people saved today in America. It's just all transfer growth. It's all, all kinds of transfer growth. And I mean, there's, there's some really great soul-winning churches out there. But by and large, America, I saw a statistic that there's not been one, one county in America that had any net growth in the churches. Now, there's some churches that are grown. Some of it's just transfer growth. But in America, in the churches, there's not been any actual true increase in numbers no, not in one single county in America. That's not good news, people. Can I get an amen? amen? That's not good news. That's bad. And a lot of it's just, you know, the churches are growing. Sometimes it's just transfer growth, and, and people are just, it's just a preferential thing, and they're going from one place to another. But we, we, need, to, we need to believe God for the doors uh, to utter. You know, if we don't pray, and if the salt loses its savor, it'll be trampled on. And you know what happens when we don't preach the gospel? Heathens stay heathens. But heathens never stay the same. They get worse and worse because sin makes you become more and more reprobate and depraved and wicked and mean and more willing to persecute Christians. And then and when we don't get them saved and become our friends and our fellow believers, they stay heathens and they begin to hate us more. And then they trample us on their feet. Did you know that's what's starting to happen in America right now? The salt has not been preserving and getting people saved. That's us, the salt. And because of it, they're going to want to start trampling us. But that's, I think, what Dennis Miller's talking about. He says, look out, Christians, you're going to be flattened. He says, I predict that Christians are going to be flattened in the next few years. That sounds a lot like a scripture that I know. They're going to be trampled under feet. I says, that guy's almost prophetic, and he's a heathen <laughs> comedian. And I'm thinking, wow. Peter and John, Acts 3. Let's, let's go over there quick, and we're going to hit this last one, and we'll be done. Acts 3, opportunities, opportunities. God makes opportunities. You know, when we pray for doors to utterance to be opened, I think that's when miracles and and supernatural things begin to happen. Because if we're just praying just for a miracle, but what about a miracle that'll happen that'll benefit somebody, but then will open up a whole bunch of people's eyes, and then you can preach and get a bunch of people saved. Which do you think is the better, the former or the latter? See, it's one thing to have a miracle, and, and well, you know, praise God, we're blessed, you know. But what about a miracle that gets everybody's attention, and then we're smart enough to know this is a door of utterance that's been opened for me, and I'm going to buy up this opportunity, even though the days are evil, and I'm going to take this opportunity to preach and get some people saved. See, I really believe that that's what Paul was talking about. Acts, the third chapter. Let's read quickly, verses 1 through 8. This is a great story, and it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being at the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Well, at least he was expectant. That's better than not believing. But he was going to get more than he bargained for. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And looking uh, him by, excuse me, and took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. 
And leaping up, he stood and walked, and he entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate. Now, God could have taken him home and done this all privately, now couldn't he? But he did it in front of all the people. I think a big old huge door of utterance was opening. And I think a whole bunch of people's hearts were like, I've never seen anything like that before. And all of a sudden, my heart feels different towards God because I've seen that guy ever since I was a little kid sitting in front of that gate. And he's been like that for years. And I know it's not fake. There's something that really happened. And their heart's gate began to open. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, see, Peter was an opportunist for the gospel. Peter did this just a little while back when he saw some people mocking it and saying, what does this mean? What are these bunch of knuckleheads? Are they drunk or something? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. What are they doing drinking? He says, no, that's not what it is. This is that which was spoken of the prophet who said he'll pour out his spirit in the last days. And he immediately started preaching to him. Peter is just smart enough to see that, again, he's got everybody's attention. Like David had everybody's attention. Like Elijah had everybody's attention. Like the day of Pentecost where they had everybody's attention when they all came out of that upper room. And he knew it was time to preach. He knew that the door was open. He knew that that opportunity needed to be bought up right then and there. Can I get an amen? He needed needed to preach right then and there. And he says this, and Peter saw it, and he answered unto the people, If ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us? as though by our power or holiness we made this man to walk. And then he goes, The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus. He immediately begins to preach Jesus. And he begins to buy up that opportunity because he saw a door open for the sake of the gospel to be preached. Can I get an amen? We need to be like that today. We need to have an understanding. And if you go on in Acts 4, 4, and I'll just, we're just going to fast forward a little bit. It says, Howbeit many of them, and uh, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. The first time he seized the opportunity when the door of utterance opened, he saw 3,000 people get saved. And, it, and here it says the number of the men was 5,000. And again, the average Jewish family then was four children, husband and wife. So really, what 4,000 was, times four is about 16,000. So he put 16,000, 12,000 together. You already got 28,000 people, potentially. Maybe it wasn't that much. We don't really know. But it was a lot of people, amen? See, if we will watch for the doors of utterance to open, if we'll pray for the... You need to pray that the heart door of your relatives begins to open. And I believe that if you'll pray for the door, you'll have a David in front of Goliath moment. I believe if you'll pray, you'll have an Elijah and the prophets of Baal moment. 
If you'll begin to pray for those doors to open, you'll have a Peter on Pentecost moment. You'll have a Peter at the porch at Solomon's uh, temple moment where God will open that door. But when you pray, you need to be looking for it. Because people don't just get saved for no reason. You've got to pray. We've got to pray that Satan, uh, you know, it says, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ should shine unto them. And we need to pray these things that the devil, uh, you know, we bind the forces of darkness off of their life. And Paul said that we pray that the word of God have free course and that we be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. For not all men have faith. We need to pray against those who, who undermine. And we need to pray because the devil comes to steal the word out of their heart, the parable of the source. We need to pray that he doesn't do that. We need to pray that doors of open utterance of. We need to pray that they have sorrow that leads to repentance. We need to pray that they understand the goodness of God which leads to repentance in Romans. We need to pray these things because know this, that be not drunk with wine or in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit and know what the will of the Lord is. And for the days are evil. Redeem the time for the days are evil. Buy up the opportunities for the days are evil. We need to work while it is yet day for the day cometh when no man can work. And we need to be out doing the Lord's business. Let's stand and let's go before the Lord in prayer. Amen.